0: This is Rhetoric in Retrospect. I'm Ben. I'm joined by my supporters, Max and David. In this episode, we will discuss atomic habits. Quote, we first make our habits, and then our habits make us. End quote. John Dryden. Okay, you all, what do you think about habits? Habits.
1: Uh, habits 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 habits. i mean we all have habits whether we like it or not indubitably
2: i think our habits Mm -hmm. our habits definitely have an influence on our oh wait does our character have an influence on our habits
0: oh it's it's all integrated yeah what in the world touch each other so our, our habits touch our personality and our personality touches our habits it's it's all interconnected, mm. and we shall discuss that at some length. Oh, okay. If you had to... Hmm, what do you think your
1: definition of a habit is? I'd, I'd say it's a, it's sort of a subconscious action. It's sort of like a... It's sort of a want to do something. Yeah. Subconsciously, right? It, so, d-
2: oh, does it come from the Latin? Wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. From the Latin,
1: yeah. Haberi. Haberi.
2: Haberi. Or, Haberi. That was a really... Or, habitus. Abere. habeo, ab, Abere Abui Abutus. Ab- or abutus. wait, is it no ab habere? Habare. Ab, habere. Habeo habere, ha, habere, habere, habere
0: Habi Habitus. Okay, Habitare. so Habui. Habui. Habudi. No, not habitus. <laughs> we, we should wait. follow this pronunciation in the episode. Doesn't it doesn't it come from the Latin? I believe it comes from the Latin habitus. Maybe? Yes,
2: yes, I believe so. Condition, demeanor,
0: appearance, dress, but w- what it is it? Is it is it is well? You see, our our, our minds are they're rather lazy, but in a good way. It, it, it's it's good. You you may think uh, it's it's not so great, but but it is. You see, our our brains try, our brains make so many decisions each day. They're they're like decision machines. They take all these inputs and they send out outputs, and it's awfully tiring, you know. Mm-hmm. And the the more the more decisions we have to make, the tireder and tireder our brain gets, and the worse and worse decisions it starts to make. You know, I mean, it just it's a compounding effect. And we don't want to mm-hmm. make bad decisions. No, no. And so, what our brain does to try to solve this issue, is it makes the decisions automatically. You see, once we do, make a decision often enough, once we perform a behavior often enough, then it'll just get ingrained in our mind. And our mind is like, okay, we've done this a bunch of times. We we have a cue a craving, a response, and a reward. And then that, that's an ingrained habit, and we unconsciously do it whenever we're exposed to the cue. And we'll talk about that more later. And I, anyway. guess,
1: I guess it sort of ties into what I was talking about before, is that, is that once we, it happens because we get familiar enough that we be, with, the, with the habit, with the action, that we trust it, you know? Exactly. We, we trust that it, it doesn't get us killed. Yeah. And so we, how bad can it be? <laughs> our brain has made the decision
0: enough times, and it hasn't resulted in immediate catastrophe. Ergo, it's good, <laughs> and we yeah. should do it again.
1: Which is which is kind of like what I was talking about with familiarity and yeah in the marbles and so we put so many marbles on on doing doing the habit <laughs> yes. that oh, it's like we just decide all right this is what we're doing now <laughs> precisely
0: and you can see yeah, how that can be both beneficial and harmful so this book Atomic Habits it's, it's, it's very short and I highly recommend it to anybody and everybody just if you're if you're a person read this it's 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 wonderful
1: oh it is brilliant
0: it's atomic habits by james clear it's only 300 pages or so it's a quick read but it will change your life i think probably and i hope that this podcast will encourage you to go read it and maybe maybe convey hopefully at least some some of the content encapsulated within it
2: did you just call 300 pages
1: a quick read Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 800 <laughs>
0: pages is a long read. Oh, okay. Or 900 okay. pages.
1: Well, the goal of this is to familiarize you with, with the atomic habits. Exactly. So get you to read the book. Just yes. read the book. You see,
0: I'm not sure what the copyright <laughs> laws are, and I'm not going to look them up about all that we've been doing with summarizing books and giving them to you. It's I a think it falls under criticism and review.
1: It's driven. Yeah. I'm well, fairly sure it's, it's not
0: derivative. But... And enough podcasts are doing this and haven't been persecuted. I think we're safe. But still, don't just... Mooch off of what what we read. Um, we encourage you to go and support the authors and actually read their stuff because, I mean, the book is there for a reason. There's some books like uh, some business economic books we haven't covered any of them that could easily be summarized in two or three sentences, and you could get <laughs> all of the detail you need from those two or three sentences. But this is not one of those books, and nor have been the books we've covered in the past. We've tried to give you the important details. But there's a lot of other important details that we haven't given you that are important. So we think that you should go and read them. Yeah, Yeah, find the important. The goal of this
1: podcast isn't to provide an accurate summary of the entire book. Just to give you an outline of its ideas in order to encourage you to go read the book. Exactly. So go read the book.
0: Maybe come in with our thoughts if we have any good ones. I hope we do. We probably do. And then, we have plenty of good ideas. Oh, oh, plenty of that. Yes, we are simply bursting with good ideas. No. And And, yeah, so, so I'll tell you first a bit about the author, James Clear. So James Clear, he, he starts the book out with with his own personal story. So I think when he was 16, he was playing baseball, and, he, and his passion was baseball. He wanted to be a baseball professional, right? But as he was playing baseball his high school, and I think when he was 16— I could be wrong. I I could get a lot of this wrong. So don't take my word for it. Go read the book. But he, uh, I think he was catching or something. Or he was standing on the sidelines. And whoever was batting, once they had hit the ball, the bat slipped out of their hand and went on a very unfortunate crash course with his nose and face, which drove his cartilage up into his brain, fractured his skull, shattered his eye sockets, broke his nose and initiated some swelling in his brain so he eventually recovered but he he was very he he wasn't able to play basketball professionally at least not yet baseball baseball not basketball pardon me so he 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 was very devastated because this is what he wanted to do and he recognized that in order to fulfill his dream of being a professional baseball player he needed a strategy to recover right so he built good sleep habits, kept his space tidy and lifted weights throughout the week, etc. A little small habits like these that you wouldn't think may make that much of a difference, right? But that that these little tiny habits made him feel in control. So he, he felt confident. Oh, I can take care of the little things so I can do the big things. So and leading to his confidence and success. And he eventually became the top male athlete in his college and was on an exclusive team which only out of all of the baseball players in the U.S., only 33 were picked. Whoa, cool. I th- it wasn't, I think it was all college baseball players or something, but still, impressive. And that, that's just his example of how these small, seemingly unimportant changes will compound into remarkable results over time. So, he's, he, his introductory point is this, that small habits really do make a big difference. So, imagine this. For one year, you get 1% better at, at some chosen activity you get one percent better every day just for one year what do you think would happen what what would be your your beginning of the year to the end of the year improvement one percent better each day
1: well i mean it's it's clearly you aren't you are not getting a total of four hundred and sixty five percent better because it's compounding right. or it's free
2: if, yeah, it's Wait, compounding. Oh, no, you were well, already 100%. 300, you, aren't,
1: you aren't 365% better because it compounds upon itself. Right. Yeah. And so surely it must be much larger than that. Yeah. Exa- exactly, and, and it is. But you would think 1%,
0: that that's so little. So, so little. I could easily get 1% better at whatever it is in a day, right? But if you do that for a year, you're going to go, if if, you, if your baseline is 1, 100%. Then
2: it's exponential, right? You're going to go to...
0: From one to thirty-seven, so from one hundred percent to thirty-seven hundred percent in a year, just by getting one percent better each day. But then on the on the flip side, if you get one percent worse each day, you're gonna go from one hundred percent to three percent. Right. So the 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 habits compound. That that that's the moral of the story. Either for or against you. So. He gives examples: productivity and knowledge and relationships compound, and stress and negative thoughts and outrage compounds. So, I, I he, this book is just chock full of beautiful examples. He he, he expresses his ideas very well, then he ties in really good examples that are understandable by everyone in order to cement them in my our minds. And this one this one I thought was particularly apt. So you have an ice cube, and they say it's twenty degrees, and you're heating up the ice cube one degree by degree. And imagine the habits are the ice cube, or the goal is the ice cube, and the habit is the incremental change of one degree. So you go from 20 to 21 to 22, 23, etc. And you're at 30, 31, and thir- nothing has happened so far. And then at 32, all of a sudden, it starts melting very
1: quickly. And... Well, not at 32 degrees. It's
0: fairly certain, right? Is it 32 or 33? It's, I wonder It's this.
1: 32. It doesn't start melting quickly, but it starts melting. It starts
0: melting, right. yeah. yes. And if you leave it at 32 for long, enough, it will melt completely. So, it seems like no, nothing from 20 to 31 did any difference, right? It's, it's just 1 degrees. It seems like 31 to 32 is where the real magic happened. But you couldn't have gotten to 31 to 32 without all of the 20 to 31. Even though they seem not to have made any changes they built up the foundation on which the big change was built, right? So the same thing with these little habits. They we they seem unimportant and we don't really notice them. But without them we we can't have the big achievements and goals, right? So any any comments or anything there?
1: I don't know, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. I think
2: I I'm having trouble with the visual. I'm I'm trying to hmm. <laughs> I understand it, I think.
0: It, it, yeah, it's just that it just, yeah, the, yeah. the habits don't seem obvious. And we get mm-hmm, frustrated mm-hmm. When, when we have this habit and we're doing it again and again and we're resting the time. And I say, but, look it, nothing has changed. I've been doing this for right. a year and I haven't gotten any better. There, there's no significant change. But then in the next month, you get exponentially better because you were just building up the foundation on which big change is made. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, I, I think that's sort of how it goes. Um. So he has all these tips for making good habits, cementing them in your mind, and overwriting bad habits. Because, as, as is mentioned, and he has some good scientific studies in here, that bad habits never really disappear. The, the pathways are still in the brain, but they just get overwritten by more powerful habits. So t- take that as you will. So his first piece of advice is to replace goals with systems. So when you have a goal, I want to, I don't know, what, what, what's a good example goal? I
1: want to get $1,000.
0: Sure. I want to get $1,000. First of all, the winners and the losers have the same goal. If you managed to get $1,000, your goal was, I want to get $1,000. If you didn't get $1,000, then your goal was also, I want to get $1,000. So there's no differentiation there. But also, whether you achieve, so whether you achieve the goal or not, you still have the same goal. Second, the achievement is only a momentary change. So if you're trying to get a1,000 dollars, then you hit 1,000 dollars, then you have 1,000 dollars, and that's the end of it. It's, it's not long term. it doesn't last. So solving problem at the problems at the level of results doesn't really help you very much. So we need to modify the underlying system. If, if you change from "I want to make a1,000 dollars every month to "I want to or, "I want to make a1,000 dollars," to "I want to make money." Then that's an underlying, long-term, systematic change, instead of just this momentary flash of a goal. Like, I don't know what's another good example. Well, we're we're here, so I want, I want to clean my room, right? And then you'll summon the courage to clean your room, and then you've done it once, then it just devolves into messiness again, right? Mm -hmm. But what
2: if we have order and routine? Like, I want to make three dollars every day.
0: Yeah. And a a repeating goal can be good, Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm.
0: as long as it scales. But just when we have one goal in front of us, like, I want to clean my room, then you'll someday summon up the courage to clean your room, and it'll be all nice and tidy, and then it'll devolve again. But if you have, I want to be neat and tidy, then you'll continuously clean your room and not think about summing up the courage to do one big clean all at once but that's just an example and there's so many other examples you can find Mm -hmm. but
1: so so about the uh at the the goal is same for the winners as the losers the people who complete their goal complete can you can you elaborate on that idea it's sort of the the fact that there's
0: no indication of success there if you succeed your goal is to get a thousand dollars if you failed your goal is still to get a thousand dollars there's not really any spark of success there you don't have the 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 satisfaction that comes with I have been earning money. You just have. I wanted to make a thousand dollars. I didn't make a thousand dollars, or I did. But the, the,
2: but how can I benefit from this? Oh,
0: oh, you you shall see. Oh, and, okay, and okay. The, the, the third level of placing goals with systems. The third um, reason goals aren't great is that either you su- the, the goals restrict happiness is the, is the mm-hmm. overall thing. So mm-hmm. either you succeed or fail. Right. Goals usually don't coexist well with long-term progress if you fail you're so sad oh i didn't manage to do it and if you succeed yes i did it but Mm -hmm. if you have a process then you can succeed or fail at that process instead of this big long-term goal like for example if you wanted to make a thousand dollars we made 999 dollars oh no i failed i i didn't manage to do it oh i'm so sad but you still made money and that's the underlying process so it the goal is sort of Restrict our ability to format. Does that does that make sense to format? I, I
1: can I can understand it. You not nine hundred ninety nine dollars. I mean, I'd, I'd be fine with nine hundred ninety nine dollars <laughs> exactly. if, if my goal is to get a thousand. But I think I think the idea in, in conjunction with your idea about the I bet the ice game, is just because you didn't see results immediately and you might say like oh man like I set up my online business I you know I listed all my things to get a thousand dollars but you know I didn't realize I didn't reach thousand dollars in the end oh man I didn't yeah. do anything whereas you took those steps to get towards your goal yeah. to tor- towards the system, and, and and
0: that's the point. And and the the fourth reason the goals aren't great is because they don't coexist with long term progress. Because once the goal is gone, you don't have anything to motivate you, right? Yeah, it's like you make another goal, but it's, I mean that goes on
1: forever. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's you have you want to make a thousand dollars. You made a thousand dollars. Now you just stop making money,
1: or, or you say or make another thousand dollars. Exactly, and, 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 and then and goes you just on,
0: keep on. It's this big wave of success, and then making a new goal but when you have the process it's a continuous thing mm-hmm. um on to his next point unless you guys have any comments there
2: i do not i'm i'm trying to track with you it's just a lot to to yeah, process it, it, maybe it it's because i'm a bit fried well, we, we are all a bit fried this has been yes. Quite the day,
0: but yes The his, his second point is um and i think you already brought this up is that identity and habits have this interconnected relationship in order to change our behavior he lists sort of this three-step process. So first, we have to change our outcomes, our goals. So goals are useful; it's not like they're completely awful, but they're the first step. And then we change our process, and that—that's that, sort of the the progression from goals to processes. And lastly, after our process, we change our identity. So it's it's like going from your goal isn't to read a book; it's to become a reader, right? The Your goal isn't to make money isn't to make money. You're an entrepreneur. Exactly. D- decide the person you want to be, then prove to yourself that is who you are through small habits. So every time you read a page, you are a reader. That I uh, I find I find that helpful to imagine. If you just have some arbitrary goal you've set, and you don't meet that, then therefore you aren't that thing anymore, right? But is
2: that is that just telling yourself a lie, or is that slowly progressing towards yeah because if I, I i i if i say every single time i play a piece i'm a master pianist and then i play a piece terribly what then
0: am i deceiving I, myself sort of and sort of not it, it, you, <laughs> if, you, if you're telling yourself you're a master pianist and you play a terrible piece that, that's not really true but if you tell yourself i am a pianist i i play the piano I am a pianist, then that doesn't necessarily reflect on your goodness or badness at playing piano. Mm-hmm. It's just that you are somebody who plays piano. And your,
1: your goodness or badness? You mean your skill, Ben? <laughs> yeah, I, I know.
0: My, my, my grammar is sadly lacking at this point. In the <laughs> day. But um, yeah, the, the point is, the habit is there. If you are a piano player, then you will play the piano, and as you play the piano, you will inevitably get better through practice.
1: Yeah, if you keep playing bad pieces... Then someday they're going to get better. Exactly, mm-hmm. precisely, precisely. Well,
0: well,
2: mm, I I think we could do a whole episode on that because you can <laughs> keep playing bad pieces forever and then not improve. But you, you, there has to be some yeah improvement. There has to be some reason
1: and logic. You, if in, you take the effort towards becoming a pianist, then you're, you then of course you're going to always get better at doing that thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. humans aren't very good at doing one thing repeatedly and not improving at it. Right, Or right. bad at not improving. Yeah. <laughs>
2: poorly
0: yes um habits what and why and how Uh, i think think we already sort of talked about this but our our brain likes to minimize the energy it has to expend and it has it likes to focus its energy into the the important decisions and trivialize the decisions that don't really matter that much like should i walk right or left that's not something that is going to be. Well, it might be if you're going to run over something, but it's not something that's going to be life changing per se. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> my goodness, that <laughs> this is, is so <laughs> morbid. Oh no! Okay, okay. Um, uh, what's a better example? Um, um, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, I, I, I have a fridge with French doors. If I want to get something out of the fridge, I, I. I it is not a life-changing decision to decide whether I should open the right fridge door or the left fridge Do door. Do they
2: have, like, a little
0: mustache and baguette? What are French doors? You, you don't know what French what, doors are? What are French Dude. doors? David, <laughs> oh, A French door, you see. Oh, come on. Doctor, go to the rescue. Um, no. French <laughs> this door. is totally staying in the recording. <laughs> oh, 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 totally. A French door is a classic style. It offers a warm and aesthetical feel joining rooms. This doesn't tell me what a French door is. <laughs> I,
1: he has a double doors. I don't think French door is the term because French door is the kind of, it's like, it's first. I think it's double doors that have Oh, um, windows. several windows. Window, oh, several okay. Window oh, okay. Well,
0: why would you want that in a fridge? <laughs> Never mind. I don't have French okay. doors in my fridge. I have double okay. doors in my okay. fridge. Yeah, I, I suppose I have mixed up the the, the vocabulary there, but yes, it, it's not a life-changing decision to decide <laughs> okay. whether which 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 door of the fridge I should open. Get to the same thing, so my brain puts it off to the the habit machine and says, "You decide. You, you, you do this automatically."
2: What if you place? Uh, so what if you have an important business meeting one day, uh-huh. right? And you have the mustard on on one side of the door that you always open, right? But, oopsie, you didn't put the mustard lid on when you last <laughs> used the mustard. And then, and this is a very important interview or business meeting. <laughs> and then, if you had only opened the le- uh, the left door, you wouldn't have spilled mustard all over your business shirt. You know, your yeah. very important fancy suit. And but but now you've got mustard all over
0: your shirt. Certainly
1: some decisions <laughs> are, life- <laughs> are life-changing. Okay. But not but, all decisions are
0: life-changing. And... and, and It is true that even if that, if, if the which door to open wasn't a habit, it's probably true that your brain wouldn't remember that you forgot to to put the lid on, and you would probably still get splattered regardless. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, oh yes, but, but that, that's sort of why habits. Um, but yes, the, the, the conscious mind is the bottleneck of the brain, so to speak. So making things unconscious has a lot of benefits. Um, actually, should, should we have time to talk about this? What time is it? Yeah, we have some time. Okay. So there's another book that can sort of go, go along with this called The Power of Habit, and that's by Charles Somebody Duhigg, yeah, a, a funny name. Uh, but <laughs> but um, he, he he has this this funny anecdote in his book, and actually Atomic Habits is sort of a building upon the principles listed in The Power of Habit. But he has this interesting anecdote about this person who got an encephalitis. He was. Probably sixty or seventy. So he got encephalitis, and that and that's a a skin killing or a, a cell killing tissue. It like eats away at a certain patch of cells and completely decimates them. Right, and it's usually fine. It's usually like a skin infection, but then it's bad when it gets in your brain. And this guy got it in his brain, and he, they they sort of stopped it. They they gave him antibiotics soon enough that they killed it but his temporal lobe was completely destroyed. I think it's the temporal lobe, the one in the middle. Anyways, that that that's the lobe that mostly deals with memory. So this guy, he was he, was, he acted completely normal. He 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 was very kind and he could remember stuff from when he was little. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works, but he would tell all these stories and he was very kind and funny and all this. But then he couldn't remember what he did 2 minutes ago or before. And yet and, and and they they did all these studies on him or with him, I suppose. So they said he he is in his house and, and they say, where's your kitchen? Which door goes to your kitchen? He has no idea. And yet five minutes later, he can get up, go to the kitchen, open a cabinet, reach back to the, the hidden jar of chocolate or whatever and take it down and eat it. But he has no memory of where that is or how to do it or <clears> anything. <throat> but he's done it enough times in the past that this is a habit that's ingrained in him. So it, it, it was sort of the study that sparked the, the idea that habits aren't memory, that they're sort of this wired uh, thing we do automatically. Mm-hmm. Interesting,
2: interesting.
0: And, and th- it, 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 th- that story goes on and on about how he, he would go on walks in the morning, and usually he would just go right back to his house, even though he couldn't tell you which house was his or mm-hmm. where he was or anything. But then if there was... If there was road construction or something, he would get irrevocably lost. If, if his habit was unusual or broken, he 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 he, he would be so confused. He, but it's, it's, this isn't how it usually works. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, that, that's that's just uh, an example of how unconscious habits have many benefits. Um, so habits are built through four steps, and and these are the the important four steps to remember. So cue, craving, response, and reward. So. The the problem phase is the cue and the craving, and the solution quadrant, or half, is the response and the reward. So, as an example, the cue is you walk into a dark room, right? So the craving is you want to be able to see. So as a response, you flip the light switch, and your reward is you satisfy a craving to see. Turning on the light switch becomes associated with being in a dark room, right? Yeah. So, these are the four things that one has to use to find your habits, but also to to learn to manipulate them sort of so we can say to create a good habit we should make the cue obvious we should make the the what, what's triggering the habit very obvious the craving we should make it attractive what we're what the habit is we're trying to do the responses we should make it easy to do and then the reward is we should make it satisfying to do and to break bad habits make the cue invisible Make the craving unattractive, make the response difficult, and the reward unsatisfying.
2: Oh, but then we cannot reward the body for work the mind does. But aren't they all tied together? Oh oh dear, have I violated some, some, some cardinal law? I think so. Well I was this is just how it was brought well, actually not at first. But yeah, now this is how it's
0: brought up. Hmm. How so? Could you could you describe that in more depth?
2: I don't know, my How mom, do you reward the body? <laughs> my mom always just says to I don't re- don't reward the body for
0: work the mind does. But then, in this case, as you have clarified in another episode, the mind isn't necessarily the brain, right? They're, they're right, right. And the mind is mostly conscious. Would you agree? Right. Versus the brain, does right. Some unconscious functions, right. And I would potentially argue that this habit thing is unconscious and isn't part of the mind. Because do you think about? I don't know what. What don't you think of? You don't think about getting up and walking. You just say I want to go to the kitchen. You don't mm-hmm. think I am going to put my feet on the ground and I am going to exercise the muscles in my legs in order to stand up and then I will move one foot forward to put it down and move the other foot forward.
2: Well, I think aside from this, I think habits can be formed without a reward, right? Because think about the dog clicker thing, you uh-huh. know, the the or the the little bell chime or the oh what what was it? The 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 guy with the dogs. Right, where uh-huh. he, he made a little noise. Uh, Pavlov? Yeah, Pavlov. Oh, and his bell. Yeah, and
0: his bell, yeah. I would argue that the reward is always there, but you wouldn't always, reward wouldn't always be the best word for it. Mm. Like, an example would be a dog in a shot collar, for example. So the dog is, is doing something bad, and the habit is to avoid the shock. So, so the cue is I am being electrically shocked. Why? why are all your examples so like <laughs> <I'm> destructive? Sorry. <laughs> so sorry, it's just the first thing that comes to mind. Oh my goodness. And the craving is that's problematic. What? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it sort of is. But the, oh the cue goodness. is I am being shocked right now. The craving is I don't want to be shocked anymore. I would like to not be have have unusual electric impulse impulses flowing through my body. <laughs>
2: I'm imagining the dog's voice. <laughs> this is too funny. Oh my god! We're all <laughs> so dumb. We're, we're dead. Um, the,
0: the response is, I will stop doing whatever it is. And the reward is, the electrical impulses will stop being unusually flowing through my body. So, so I would argue that that is a habit, though. A reward might not be the lack of electrical impulses running through the body making the heart palpitate. <laughs> um. Okay, okay. This isn't is cool. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, you, you heard that? Um. Yes. Yeah, so, so I would argue that there there is those four steps, and there we have it. And in order to break make or break a habit, we can, okay, we can utilize okay. those four steps and exploit them. Yes. Yes. All right. Ahem, ahem. I? I'm very dignified and civilized. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't laugh. That doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. um, um, Yes, yes, yes. So, well, uh, one of the uh, assisting things to uh, uh, fix those to to f- make good habits. David, your <laughs> your facial expression to assist to to assist, those <laughs> to, to, to assist um, making good habits or breaking bad ones is to make a, a habit scorecard. So this is very helpful, and, and the, the example given in the book is the Japanese train system, the, the railway, has eliminated the amount of accidents it has had by many factors, by instituting one simple rule. It's, it's the point-and-tell rule, or something like that. I might have gotten my name wrong. But all of their employees will, whenever they see something or see something unusual, or even see something normal, they will point at it and say what it is. So So they'll say, <laughs> for example um the the example that's given is that a mother and her son are trying to board a train and it's about to it's about to leave they're about to drive away the the son goes in and the door is closed right as the mother's coming afterwards and the train's about to go off but the mother's like banging on the doors and stuff and and they would have driven off but then the attendants on the platform point and say somebody is whatever right so so they recognizing things by making things obvious Significantly, mean, like
1: that boy is separated from her mother. Exactly, from his it,
0: mother. Y- you would just mentally register that, and it might just fly past your radar. When you when you pointed everything and identify it, you have to make a mental effort. What is this? Why is it? And should it be there?
2: Okay, I thought this was a sort of Winnie the Pooh thing at first, where oh. it's just like pointed everything gave <laughs> David, just like rock, <laughs> see and say. <laughs> yeah, every. yeah. everything. That would be rather difficult. Yes. See. <laughs>
0: yeah. But but in general, it is helpful, and we'll, we can apply that same concept. We can say, what do I do every morning? When I, when I wake up, well, these are my habits. I wake up, I get out of bed, I brush my teeth, I go downstairs, I eat breakfast, I oh, scroll on my phone, I go to work, and so on and so forth. Just list all your possible habits that you can find, and next to them, identify, is this a good habit, or is this a bad habit? And the, uh, it's very helpful to mentally distinguish. Oh, oh my poor David! I, I think that I'm I I am due for many as well. Many, many, many likes.
2: So, listeners, uh, I I committed an atrocity.
0: I I have committed many atrocities. So please email me to punish me. Yeah, I I, I just yes. Tell us how you, many couldn't, you couldn't you couldn't see say. it, but I
2: just did five push-ups on the floor for saying the word word
0: it, it's a synonym to as yes yes anyways we, we, we shall, moving on from that sadication um <laughs> so we, we can identify our habits and similar to the the point and call system we can once they're out in the open we can recognize them as good or bad instead mm. of having them lurking in the recesses of our mind yes so how to start a new habit so the the important thing here is it's somewhere to last time. Make it obvious. Make 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 it come to the forefront of your mind. Don't let it be auto processed. Plan. If you simply say I should do so and so, I I should do this and this, and I should do that and that, and you don't make a concrete time, place, and manner, I suppose, um, the habit will fail. If you say, I, I should make a thousand dollars, then you generally won't end up doing that. If you say. I will make $1,000 at 5 o'clock, well, during the next six months at really? my home. No,
1: I will make money. It, mm-hmm.
0: the, 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 that is the process is the ideal, and then the identity. But if you define, and there was a really interesting study. That there was a control group where tracking exercise for a, um, a week or a month or something. And there were three groups. One of them was just, you should exercise, do so-and-so. And And everyone got a speech on how exercising reduces your risk of heart disease, etc., etc. And the third group wasn't wasn't given that. They were just given a little sheet that said, a little slip of paper, and they said, they told the participants to write down, I will exercise at 6 o'clock a.m. at my local gym every day. When you have that concrete, I will set in your mind it it, it you'll do it does that make sense why how it's helpful to have something down in print yeah it's almost like you're commanding yourself to to do it. exactly and so with
2: the point you yeah. know you're there's that there's that motion forward that it, it's almost yeah. like it's just pushing you forward
0: right off the bat yeah exactly yeah if we just say oh i should do so and so we'll tend to procrastinate and say oh i could be doing this instead and, and mm-hmm. do, do some mm-hmm. other things yeah. And a helpful way to trigger our habits is a process called habit stacking. So we can write after current habit, I will new habit. So here's some examples that he gives in this book. After I finish dinner, I will put my plate directly into the dishwasher. After I put my dishes away, I will immediately wipe down the counter. After I wipe down the counter, I will set up my coffee mug for tomorrow morning. So it's sort of this habit stacking. Once you do one habit, you do another habit, and then another habit, etc. So it's just a a helpful system to get them all done at once. Um, what what did I write down next? Okay, we have some time. Motivation, question mark? No way, period. Environment. Wow, what, what a brilliant summary, Ben. Um, <laughs> this, 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 this is this is an interesting point, and I think it's one that we might not always recognize. We think, oh, well, self-control is, is very important. We just need to be more self-controlled, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Well... That, that that's sort of silly and masochistic um why should we put ourselves in a place of temptation when we can instead design our environment to eliminate that temptation for example if you want to remember to send more thank you notes keep a stack of stationery in your desk it, it's context is the clue to habits why should you don't don't just say oh i i should just have more self-control and write people thank you notes why do that? Why, why try to rely on your mind? Our minds are fallible. Mm-hmm. Design your environment so that you don't have to rely on yourself. It, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it it makes sense. There There's a study, those who seemingly have good self-control usually don't. They're just good at designing their surroundings so as to eliminate the need for self-control. So cut bad habits off at of the source. I.e., if you can't get, seem to get any work done, leave your phone in another room for a few hours, etc. Stuff like that. And there's this, another mnemonic, I don't think it's a mnemonic device, but a, a habit-remembering device. It's called temptation bundling. After current habit, I will habit I need. And after habit I need, I will have it I want. So, for example, after I pull out my phone, I will do 10 burpees, need. After I do 10 burpees, I will check Facebook, want. So right. this is just an example it gives. But you can get yourself to do the things you should do by, by bundling it with things you want to do, so make it attractive. That's sort of the make it attractive thing. Combine it with something you really want to do. Move slowly, not backwards. It's it's kind of like taking
2: uh, taking a break
0: every a five minute break every thirty minutes. Exactly to to get it, the most out it, of your time. It's you you enjoy taking your five minute breaks. It, it's fun, mm-hmm. and you say I can take my five minute break. If I do this, and, and you need to work for 30 minutes, that's, the, that's the, the need, but you want to take a break for five minutes. So you can sort of bundle those. That's an excellent example. Yeah. Um, he, he mentions the two-minute rule. When, when you're starting a new habit, make sure it takes less than two minutes. And you can obviously scale it up. But make it into the two-minute version so it's easy for you to do. And once you've done that two-minute long enough, then it becomes a habit, and then you can scale up that habit over time. It's, it's a simple way of doing it. The, the largest hurdle is starting in the first place. Um, oh, it, th- this is a this is a funny point. Um, that make as many one time actions as possible to help yourself in the future. Um, there's plenty of one time things that'll sort of lock in our habits for the future. There, he told this very amusing story about Victor Hugo. So he was. He promised his publisher he would write a book in a year and a half or something. I would get to you in a year and a half and you can publish it or whatever. And he spent all of his time socializing and hosting parties and et cetera, et cetera. So he didn't get any writing done. And his publisher got ticked off. And his publisher got ticked off and said, fine, your deadline is six months. And he said, oh, no. So what he did is he recognized his want to go to parties and all this. So he told his assistant, take all of the clothes from my wardrobe and leave me a shawl. So he was stuck in his mansion with only a shawl, so he couldn't go out to any din- dinner parties or anything because he didn't have nice clothes. So he had to stay at home and write his book. And then sure enough, he got The Hunchback of Notre Dame done 18 weeks before schedule. It was very funny. Um, so make... Th- Make the bad habit impractical and the good one easy. Habit tracking is is fun and helpful. He gives the example of something tangible, like if you have a jar of paper clips and an empty jar. Every time you do your habit, then you move the, a paper clip cli- paper clip over, etc. It's it's a fun thing to do and it's a helpful way to track them. Oh, and then this is another funny anecdote. Um, make a habit contract with other people if possible. It's having accountability <laughs> partners is really really helpful. Um, there's he gives the example of uh, an entrepreneur who wants to wake up at 5.45 every morning, right? And if he doesn't, he has this automated system that he, he turns it off when he wakes up. But if he doesn't turn it off, then he's a tw- he has a tweet automatically scheduled that says, it's 6.10 and I'm not up because I'm lazy. Reply to this for $5 via PayPal, limit 5, assuming my alarm didn't malfunction. <laughs> so he's he sort of setting that in the future for himself saying, If I don't wake up, I will be punished by having to pay $5 to random people. Especially for people you don't like. So if you make a contract with a third party, you say, here's a check for $200 or something. If I do so-and-so, then you send that check to somebody I don't like. For them to spend it as they will. And then you have a motivation to not do that thing. Because otherwise the person you don't like will get money, or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: that, that's, a, that's a really strong tactic for, for doing things, because... <laughs> yeah, because it's your own money that's going into that thing. Exactly. I mean, would you be willing to, to spend, like, whatever the, the penalty is, $20, to learn a new habit? And most people are like, yeah, yeah, I'd spend $20 to learn yeah. you have it. Well, guess what? <laughs> we have a solution for you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. any any comments in any of the... The previous, I think I've been droning on a bit, so I apologize. Oh, no, no. <laughs>
2: you have you have not been. I've been tracking with you this...
1: That is good to hear. Yeah, so have good I. Good to hear.
0: Um, oh, yes, genes and habits. I think you probably heard this last episode a bit, and we can go on a bit more about yes. it here. Um, how genes greatly influence our habits, and it sort of seems bad, but it's really not. Our, our special abilities are a unique gift from God. We're each designed differently do different things
2: especially especially in the summer you know when it's hot oh yeah 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 i mean i can't (laughs) even go to to a park yeah yeah that was a terrible joke (laughs) (laughs) my goodness (laughs) sue me
0: (laughs) sue you sue me that's such a funny expression anyways uh, we, we we just have to find the game where the odds for us are good so pick the habit that works best for the unique person doing it so he gives us a a few questions that can help us find a good habit for our specific genes and dispositions. So what feels like fun to me but work to others? What helps me or, or what makes me lose track of time? Where do I get greater returns than the average person and what comes naturally to me? So if you answer those questions then you can find some realm where you are gifted and why should you try to go into some realm where you're not gifted if you're not going to succeed? Because your genetic disposition in some way or another isn't in your favor there I don't know is, is that is that put well? it okay, makes sense yeah. Find the game that you're good at mm-hmm um oh th- this is I, I I like this one. this is the Goldilocks zone as he says um oh yes we're, we're most motivated when what we're working on when we're working on things that are just on the edge of our current abilities. So if it's too easy or too difficult, we'll get bored. And failure is not the threat to success, it's boredom is the threat to success. It, because if we're bored, then we don't want to do it, right? And and then we'll just fail. So persist even when it isn't fun, and make things just on the edge of our current abilities. Professionals stick to the schedule, amateurs let life get in the way, etc. Be, just be motivated. So there, it's not like habits require no self-control and motivation. It's just that we can sort of use tactics to eliminate that as much as possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and we sort of mentioned this earlier. Break beliefs that don't he- hold you. That hold you back. Don't say I'm a CEO. Instead, say I'm the type of person who creates and builds things. So don't define yourself by what you are, but by your abilities. Your your qualities, not the current position you hold or whatever. I uh,
2: gotcha, gotcha.
0: Your potential and not your,
2: uh, don't confine yourself to that, that, that is yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yep.
0: That. Uh-huh. that makes sense. That is the conclusion of all of my points. Though really? Though Mr. James Clear makes many more excellent points in his book. You should have to read it to find the rest of them. So the amplification is it's, it's applicable to us because all our lives can really be changed by a few tiny habits. Um, make good habits. Read the book. Read Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you want to read The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg and jamesclear.com is this guy's blog. It has a bunch of really good articles on there. So that, that that's my recommended reading. Any hmm. other comments or anything?
1: No. That that summarized it quite succinctly. Yeah, it. And read the book, read the book, people. It's for, for your own good.
0: Things. Oh yes, yes, yes. We we summarize. Sorry if we just broke your ears. <laughs> we, 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 we don't we don't tell you everything about. We, 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 we keep some things for for those those who go and read the book. Yes, so. yes. They're there uh-huh. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um. With that, I think if that's it, I think that has been all from. The, us. So please email us with rhetoric, with rhetoric, yeah, with, rhetoric and retrospect yeah, yeah. at gmail <laughs> with points from rhetoric and retrospect maybe or your own points or contradictions or queries quandaries, quandaries, comments or corrections. Yes, those are the four: queries, quandaries, comments or corrections. Um, questions, questions, too. questions. Yeah. Oh, we we we, we, yeah. we adore questions. Oh, yes, and we shall get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, I think that's been it from Ben, Max, and David. So, signing off.
2: Alright, signing off. Goodbye.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.